Do you struggle to find the time and energy to consistently eat healthy? You're not alone and there is a solution. Introducing Factor, the all-in-one meal delivery service that preps, cooks, and delivers fresh, never frozen, fully prepared meals directly to your door weekly. With Factor, every meal is designed by dietitians and handcrafted by world-class chefs, keeping your taste buds happy and your waistline trim. With more, the menu changes every week, so you never lose interest in eating healthy. Right now, Factor's offering listeners of the so-called Oreos podcast $50 off over their first two weeks. Just go to factor75.com, pick your meals, and use code PODCAST50 at checkout to claim this limited time offer. That's factor75.com, code P-O-D-C-A-S-T-5-0. Welcome to another episode of the So-Called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardships, and hilarity that come along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I'm Janae, here with my co-hosts, Kia Swinton, Amari Pollard, Gang, gang. I don't know. You already did that sound. (laughs) You know, it's fine. We're just trying to hype up the Oreo, Oreo gang. Gang, gang. Um, How's everyone doing? Like, what's up? I'm feeling a little nasally, so I apologize in advance. I got a cold. And I feel like it's interesting during COVID because if you're like remotely sick, everyone's like, you have COVID, you're dying. And I'm like, one, I'm pretty sure I had COVID already. Two, it's nothing like this. I would be dead. Um, (laughs) For real, for real. (laughs) Like COVID was a whole other beast. I'm like, no, it's really just a cold. Like I feel slightly better already. So I just think it's interesting to get sick now. Girl, every time I get a sniffle, every time my head hurts, every time I feel anything, I'm like, I have COVID. I have COVID. (laughs) Like every single solitary time I freak out. I hate this year. I hate it. Oh, it's not this year anymore. For our listeners, it's 2021 now. I hate yesterday or two days ago. (laughs) Exactly. I hate two days ago. Now it's 2021. Although we'll have to deal with the same shit. I'm sure it's a little better. Yeah. At least we're... I feel like we're last year was different where I no one saw this coming we weren't mentally prepared and I feel like we're now in the mindset where it's like things are pretty shitty they could get worse (laughs) but like at least you know we're we're already in the shit like so it's also like the days are getting longer like the the sun is coming out more you know true and the vaccine is coming more it, it can't get worse it's not like the last there is a new strain though there is a new okay strain. But, but we're still we're still getting there and i feel like that's i feel like if i can get through winter i'll just be so proud of myself like because i just know winter is going to be rough up here but i'm you like if i can get are, through it you know things are bleak when you're like i really just want to live to see the next day <laughs> <laughs> basically every day i'm like i will get through if i can get through winter like i really did it so that's how I've been feeling. Okay. Something interesting to me that um, me and Amari were kind of going off about was this new show on Netflix, Bridgington. Bridgerton. Uh, Bridgerton, whatever. Um, me and my mom basically binged it. I didn't. 
You huh? watch that with your mom? You watch that with your mom? Yeah, I watched that with my mom, and I did not watch all of it. Like she okay. was devoted, addicted, go, zooming by and watching episodes without me. I was popping in and out, but I get, I got you know, the gist of the story. Um, she really liked it. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be happy for this moment because my mom's very busy and she doesn't get time to really just sit down and binge a TV show. So this was the first time in a while and she was just so happy and enjoying it. And I was like, there are so many things I see that are wrong. So many things, so many things, so many things, but I'm just going to be happy for her. And then after she finished it, I was like, this is wrong. 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 And she was like, oh, I didn't even... I didn't even see it. Yeah. <laughs> like my mom is so sunshine and rainbows. That's kind of like my mom. My my mom will be like, oh, I like that movie. And my dad will be like, that doesn't make sense. That was problematic. X, Y, and Z. And she's like, that's why I can't watch movies with y'all. Because we will just dissect the shit out of stuff. But I know. like, how is it not glaring for you? How did that like not? I don't know. I always wonder when to be when to look at things through a critical lens and when to not look at things through a critical lens um so sorry for any spoilers for people maybe we should just vaguely talk about how there were problems in my opinion with colorism um you could just see that from the you, you can just look at the cover art for that show and, yeah. and see it yeah like that wasn't cool to me how you have like you know, this white girl as the main character who basically spends so much time choosing between a prince and a duke. And then our black female lead is like pregnant Pregnant. without a baby daddy and is going through just like all this shit. And it's like, really like you guys have a black woman as a lead character, but her life is trash. It's like, for real, you should, you could have just had another white girl player at this point. Don't be like inclusivity and then give black women the shit out of the stick like so many other things. So, and all the light skin leads, I said the light skin leads, all the leads, all the black leads are light skin. Uh, There are only two black dark skin male leads and one of them was like a boxer and people just like bet on him. So essentially you're just like a slave. Um, and the other one was just evil. Um, so yeah, it wasn't just like, it it just wasn't the nicest light. I mean, I think the one, the one, and I also thought it was interesting because I was gonna say the one positive was that the light skinned girl that, you know, didn't have a baby daddy was, there was a period where she was being heavily courted by a lot of guys but I thought it interesting that like it was only white dudes and I'm like why can't we have inter and there are, and there are people from all races in this in this uh, series but I'm like why does it always have to come back to centering whiteness in an interracial relationship like y'all do realize there are like black people with latino people latino people with asian people like they're they're like relationships exist outside of white people white and black like why i there's a weird fetishization of black and white interracial relationships and i find it very weird and i and i rewatched love is blind with my mom and i like went back through this rabbit hole of like people's in like being enamored with cameron and uh lauren i think that's her name they make mad money now they make mad money now and it makes it seem less maybe they genuinely fell in love with each other but it really makes it seem less genuine and i don't understand like i was watching one of their dumb youtube videos the other day and like and it was of him like putting makeup on her 
And I was just like, it's just so what I was like, why does this have so many views? Why am I watching this? Yeah, I've never seen Love is Blind. Um, I probably won't. But like everyone would just who would talk to me about it would talk about like Lauren and Cameron. Um, and then like they would like always be on my Instagram. And mind you, I don't watch the show. I do not follow them. But like just constantly on my Instagram, on my Twitter, they have ads. And then I just looked at the page and I'm like, oh, they like, this is their life. Like they're, they make money from being that interracial couple. They're represented by like an agency now and they're associated with like Ellen Tube. I think that's so weird because I'm like, well, you don't do anything. Like you just get ads for, for being in an interracial relationship, which is. It's not a personality trait. It's not. I'm trying to think about my own kind of because I had that same fascination with Lauren and Cameron and I thought that they were very cute. And I also I'm just going to keep it 100 when I see a black woman with a white man. I'm like, oh, hmm, that's adorable. Um, And I I'm trying to think about my own feelings around that and why, because Amara, you make such a good point that in this society, we never focus on other interracial couples. We only focus on white people with other races and then specifically white people with black people i've noticed some more more recently a trend of white people with asian men yes yes um but not uh even though i shouldn't necessarily just say like you know i think we what was his name there's this new movie out called like the he's the guy from glee um, you know, he used to be a dancer, then he got to the main yes. role. Oh, Andy yes. Chang, Harry. Andy Chang. Yeah, well, that's his name, his name is, is, I think his real name is Harry. Um, okay. and he's in this movie and he's with a, a white so girl. I, I think it's based off of a real so story, cute. but I've seen a lot more movies with like Asian men and white women starting to like become more so like a like trend. Exciting because I feel like the closest okay, the model minority, that's the closest thing to white if you're going to, like, date outside your race, you know what I'm saying? So it's, like, I don't think it's, like, that groundbreaking when I see, like, white people and Asian people because I'm, like, no shade, Asian people are problematic as hell. Um, And I feel like they think whiteness is, like, better, like, the best. Or It's either Asian or white. They would never be, like, hey, I'm going to date a black person. I feel like that's why, I feel like that's why we don't see a lot of, like, Indian and black or Asian and black because I still feel like that they're very problematic and that culture is very problematic they look down on black people and even with Spanish people like maybe but like Spanish people they have their own issues with black people so I feel like when I see Asian and white I'm like oh I don't think that's like that groundbreaking because that culture likes white people they don't like black people (laughs) that's like but then when you you just say that's just like but white people are problematic too. They are problematic. But, we still, but, but, but I, I mean, so it's like, I don't, I don't think I, white and Asian is like, oh my God, because I just feel like those cultures are like very similar in the way they think, the way like in business, you know, the way that's why they have that model minority like label because like, it's, I don't think it's that far off to be honest. And I feel like Asian people pick and choose when they want to do minority and they pick and choose when it benefits them. But like to keep it real, Asian people get paid more than white people. <laughs> like like the the minority struggle isn't you're getting pulled over by the cops. Like it's not it's very different. And I yeah. and I think it's very close to whiteness versus like if I saw an Asian person, a black person, that's a completely different culture. Like those are, but to me, but that's a, that's an, that to me, that's a more interesting storyline. Well, then a white dude in a, yeah, that's, that's yeah. at the end of the day, you're still like, we're still saying the same thing. It's just like, why must 
I think we, not to say like we've seen this play out so many times, but we have seen the black man fall in love with the white woman enough. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, we've yeah. seen it. I we've think seen it's it. old. It's we've tired. seen it. Mm-hmm. It's tired. I think it's like kind of like Hollywood's like slowly getting into like the real world because like if you think about it, it's like, um, like the history books, it's like we've seen like interracial between white and black in this country because that's what America like focused on that the country was segregated with white and black people that was before you know we had a bunch of Spanish immigrants and Asian immigrants in America like the country America's relationship between white and black is like heavily in America like it's the reason America exists basically and I think because white people have seen that growing up they know oh I've seen a white and black people like dating they maybe they haven't seen this is not an excuse. I'm just saying this is probably why yeah. we haven't seen it in Hollywood is because they're not around like that Asian and black couple. They're, they've seen, oh, I've grown up and I've seen this interracial. I'm going to do this. And I think, you know, Hollywood, like you said, like, okay, it has a bunch of light skinned people at the lead. Like that's them slowly be like, okay, we got you Negroes in here. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm and saying? Honestly, honestly, that was my thought when I was watching Bridgerton, Bridgerton, whatever. That was my thought when I was watching it that if these were two black people at the lead, no matter what skin tone they were, no matter it was a light skinned girl with a dark skinned guy or vice versa, it would be registered to white people as a black show. So they wouldn't have watched it. It wouldn't be as talked about. White people don't watch stuff when it's black people. They yeah, just they think that they think that it's stuff for black people. So they just don't. Whereas other groups. Okay. So I kind of, I get what you're saying, but I kind of disagree only because we should have shows like insecure and Atlanta and that audience is 50% white people. Like yeah. if you want to look at the numbers. So I think white people actually do, and I'm not sure what they're, but what is their age range too and i think that that Um, i think that's something that's changing kia but i know when i first started watching insecure when it first came out i had a white friend that was like i don't know if that's for me oh wow okay to sit down and have a conversation about it i think that's changing but i think on its nose still if white people see a show with two black leads they're going to be hesitant and then they'll watch if it's talked about a lot because you know people did not watch insecure when it first first came out people did not watch i don't know their motives but i think their motive is i want to be in that black culture just like rap just like oh i'm gonna start listening to jay-z because now it's cool or connie because it's cool and mm-hmm. my white friends are doing it so i don't know what their motive is behind it but i do know once it hits that level like exactly audiences it's starting to get 50 percent white and they jump on it they jump on it when it gets really really popular and i think with this bridgerton show shonda wanted a hit on netflix shonda wanted something that people could eat up and i think and and you know maybe this is just my speculation and she ain't sit down and, and draw the shit out but I think she knew that if it was two black people, it wouldn't have been a hit. It had to be a white lead and a black lead to get in that. That's you unfortunate. Know. It's unfortunate. It's dumb. And what's fun, what's interesting too is like one, Bridgerton is based off of a series, like a book series. And the series is just solely based off of white people. And like, my thing is if you're going to, I don't know, like I feel like what she would try to do with Bridgerton is what no one has successfully been able to do outside of Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Whereas like this, this makes like this white, this white man is with this black woman. They have this Asian son who's dating this black girl. And like, it didn't make sense, but it made sense. And it was done beautifully. And it was done what, in the fucking nineties. And it was done in the two thousands. Thank you. And it was, and it was also, even though you had questions about it, you were just like, I'm going with it. I don't care. Yeah. With Bridgerton, it's like, 
and the, I think the problem was that they addressed it without addressing it. Like, like there was this one instance between the Duke and his, I must call his aunt, um, where she's like, well, love is what brought, like love is what made black people free. Like the king fell in love with a black woman and this is why we're allowed to be like what we are. And he's like, that's fleeting. Like, you know, so you're saying essentially like, if, if something goes bad, we could go back to where we were. And they like address it, but they don't address it. And I'm just like, y'all should have just like not addressed it at, at that point because you said it like, you addressed it for like five seconds and then moved on. And I also- think they wanted to though, because it's a real story though, because that queen is based off of a real queen in England who mm-hmm. convinced her the the king to end slavery mm-hmm. in England so I think it's right. based off a real thing I mean like I, I understand addressing it but I, it was just so like at that point it was just so quick that it was like eh. but also what's um, what really bugged me is just like this this chick got a duke a hot ass duke and an okay ass prince but he a prince fighting over her and I'm like you could not tell me that this girl is worth all this shit. I'm like, this is the most basic girl I've seen. And for like, what? Like, I think that she's pretty, but I honestly have seen a thousand other women of different races that would blow her out the water any damn day. I was want, I'm, I'm, she pale and she's skinny. What else? What's new? We've seen this. We've seen I, it. I haven't seen it, so I can't. Um, you don't need to watch comment. it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to watch it. I can comment on the other things, but I can't comment on it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After I, Twitter I, said. I, I think I was like on episode three or four, and I was like, I can't tell if I like this, but I'm already so far deep in that I must continue and confirm that I do not like this. That's how I feel about Lovecraft Country. People can come for me. I don't care. You cannot tell me you enjoy watching that show. It's too much. Um, I mean, it's. I guess it's good if you're into that stuff. But I'm like, every time I watch an episode, I feel like depressed. Yeah, that's okay. It's like, so goddamn. My, my family has been like, you need to watch Lovecraft Country. You need to watch Lovecraft Country. And I watched maybe two and a half episodes. And I was like, I'm with the state of the world, everything going on. And then on top of that, like, I'm not surrounded by Black people the same way I was even a year ago. Like, my Black family are here in Syracuse. I live in Brooklyn. All of my Black friends are somewhere else now. So like, it's really hard for me to watch this show that is so much about examining black trauma and black pain mixed with cool shit like sci-fi, but still it's really hard for me to watch that and like not be mad. It's, it's a lot. Really like, I have me. to watch it with my mom and my sister. I mean, that's who I started watching with. One, my sister's the only one that gets the shit because I'm lost 89% of the time. <laughs> but two, I, it just makes me like, like the last episode, I was just like, white people are miserable. Like, I just, it made me hate white people. <laughs> and like, I just, because the, the episode was about um, the Tulsa mas- massacre. And so, like, you, you know, we know what that's about, but like to see it, and I think on that, the reason that show is so much worse is because you have the actual racism in America, but then you have the monster shit too. So it's like fake, uh, like fake scary, but real scary. And you're like watching it as one. And it's like, wait, this is actually like real. This happened to people that look like me. Like this is 
this is not fake like it's not sci-fi anymore so just you're the just first like, just the first episodes with like the sundown towns yeah i'm like can you can you actually imagine and like talking to my dad about that and how as a kid they went through that when they were driving down to mississippi to visit where it was a known thing of like we're not stopping at restaurants we have to keep driving through the night and to think that like a generation so close to mine had to go through that to think that black people had to worry about where they could go to eat at a restaurant and if they would be safe and if they started falling asleep while they were driving somewhere either you're gonna crash the car risk crashing the car and like killing your entire family or you're gonna stop and get lynched by white people it's like are you fucking kidding me this it's is a lot what we've to had watch. to go to it's a lot it's too that's much that's why i'm like you guys can't tell me that you enjoy watching this show. You cannot yeah. tell me you, you you have fun watching the show. Everyone can say what they want because y'all are on Jordan Peele's dick. That's it is what it is. Y'all are on it to keep it one hundred. But y'all can't tell me. Oh, we love watching this show. So I'm like, I love you, Jordan. If you want to produce a movie about us, we're I here. like him. But I just have this thing where people like when he, people get to certain levels and people are just sucking cock just to do it. It's kind of like, but <laughs> really though, like Childish Gambino. It's like y'all didn't really like this as uh... America. Y'all didn't. Come on now. Like, let's keep it 100. Like, Charles Gambino like is, like, he is like the black messiah for white. He is, uh, and people still liberal do it. people. He really is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Jordan Peele is getting there. Like, I love Jordan, whatever, but like, you are getting to that territory where it's, if he was just to show us, you know, black people dancing for 89 minutes, he would win an Oscar just because, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this, this may sound, but this may sound bad, but I think there's, I, I, it really just, I think that, I love it when things are like by us, for us. And I love it when it gets the attention it deserves. And it's unfortunate that it takes white people paying attention to it for it to get the recognition it deserves without that. But once white people hop on some shit, I'm like, I'm off of it. I'm done That's with true. it. I don't That's want it. That's how I feel too. I went to a Childish Gambino concert and I was like, <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> Me and Chris are the only black people here. What is wrong with this? That's how it was at yeah. Travis Scott too. I'm like, okay, well, the Negroes Kinda. are in the minority, so it's time for me to leave. Jump <laughs> ship. That's basically it. So I mean, that's what it is. But um, all right, I mean, y'all. Should we move this on? Ain't even what our yeah. About. yeah, this is not what our episode is about. But I hope um, you guys enjoyed that combo. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, so do we want to talk about? accomplishing our 2020 goals i think we can um, for for quick um yeah. amari listed ours before this um i think i was telling them how like mine i accomplished part of it i guess because it was mindfulness um so-called oreos skincare. to get more reach in skincare so i did kind of achieve it not like to the fullest but like it was progress so i'm happy about it yeah, um, with mine, it was to become more financially stable, which I did. <laughs> um, it took a whole pandemic for me to get there and really actually losing my job, which is weird, but it worked. Um, and then my other one was uh, losing weight, which mm, didn't happen. Um, I did start working out regularly for like a little while, but then I decided that I liked bread a lot. Um and I got a new mattress, so getting out of bed early to work out was difficult. Uh, and then the other one, I can't remember. Put myself out there more. Oh, put myself out there more. A pandemic happened. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, mine were pretty much the same as this year, and I didn't really accomplish any of them. Um, it was openly receive people's love and return it. I think I was actually, I think I actually got better at giving 
love, giving openly, giving people my love. I'm still trying to work on accepting. Um, refuse to give undeserving people space in my mind and my heart. I think that's always just going to be a journey for me. Um, and stop stressing over the unknown and appreciate the present. I feel like I was forced to appreciate the present because I was really afraid mm. this year of whether I was going to live to tomorrow. So COVID really <laughs> helped that one out. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys yeah. know 2021, I did make uh, not as many goals. So Okay. <laughs> okay, Kia. And I was happy with it. Like I did my annual like assessment of the year in my journaling and I kept it real short and I kept it real like okay this is what I want to get but like I don't want to get I think part part of it is like I don't want to get disappointed because I feel like every year I'm like this is my year and it's not and I don't want to get disappointed anymore so like now it's just like you know what? I'll just take what life gives me and make the best of it um I don't have high expectations like of course I wanted to work my way but like I'm just not gonna get disappointed so like I also feel like this year I'm at like We'll talk about it more, but like I'm at like a point where I like I just need the bare minimum and I'll be happy. <laughs> so. I I completely agree. I feel like when I was thinking about because, you know, we made a post on social media about our goals and stuff like that. And I had not thought about them at all. Um, and I, I was just sitting back and thinking to myself, I just want the bare minimum. Like I just want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be comfortable. That's what I want. I want to look back at this year and say, damn, like that was a comfy ass fun year. That's what I want. Like I want this year to be like I'm running around in sweatpants, but have a glittery top in like figuratively. That's what I want yeah. this year to be. I like that. I like that. And I and I know to for me to do that, it's like I have to do the bare minimum, which is get a job, move out of my parents house. Um, I don't know. Like I'm at the bare minimum. So I'm like, fuck, I got to start there. <laughs> You know, that's crazy because that's not the bare minimum for some people. So that really oh, okay. shows like, but it's, it. think about it. It's not, it's not. Some people like, might be, some people might be comfortable just yeah. being in that. I guess position. for me, it's because I had those things before yeah. and I don't have them now. So it's like, for me, it's like, okay, now I have to get on a surface level. I have to get there to like move up, I guess. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to put less pressure on myself this year. Yeah, and Kia, when I say that, that's not a shot towards you at all. That shows how oh, freaking no. amazing you are. Like, that shows how Thanks. amazing you are to be like, all right, pandemic may have taken my job away, but, like, I'm not finna lay down. I'm gonna be boxing in this bitch, so. <laughs> yeah. One goal I really do want to take seriously this year is um, getting physically in shape because okay. I went to the doctor the other day and she told me my cholesterol was kind of high. <gasps> You're black. And I was... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, mine's hot but, too. No, I'm black. But but my thing is, my cholesterol has never been mm. a problem, and it's not like a in my family that's not something that we struggle with. So oh, I was okay. just like, okay, I was just like, oh. But then I thought about it because You're I'm older usually too, though, and it's stress. Yeah, and I'm not as and I'm not stressed. I'm always stressed. Um, also, I'm not being like as you know. This year we've been inside. I've kind of like had to force myself to like get up out of the same position every day. Um, and I, I think what also changed for me is that like, so when I was living in New York or I was even in Chapel Hill when we could still like do things, I was actively running around from places to places. So if I, if I wasn't like consciously going to the gym or like exercising, I knew I was still getting in the necessary activity because I was just running about the place and I didn't do that this year. So I do want to be, I do want to like have a, a regimen just like, you know, 
maybe three times, two times a week, you know, just like get on the elliptical or do something. I feel like for black people, once you turn 25, like it's the, it's, it's either diabetes, hypertension, um, or, uh, what you say? Cholesterol. Pressure, cholesterol. Mm-hmm. One of those, like, oh, start slapping in the face because I had a scare this year too. Um, I went to the doctor. No, I went to the eye doctor and they were looking at squiggly lines in my eyes. And he was like, so either your lines have always been this squiggly or you have high blood pressure. So I was like, oh, I was freaking out. Bought a high blood pressure machine, made a doctor's appointment. We got blood tests. I don't have high blood pressure. Like, she looked at my shit. I'm good. I'm healthy. Um, but it just really freaked me out. And then I talked to my mom about it. And she's like, yeah, it runs in our family. Your brother has it. Your father had it. When y'all was babies, y'all had it. I'm like, the actual hell. So that yeah, slave trade really messed us all up. For any white people listening, black people got all the health issues, not because we don't take care of ourselves, but yes, life has just, it's just a circle. Yeah, and it's crazy because like you think about like how like you can, uh, you pass down like health issues, but you pass down traumas and all this stuff. And you say like how stress can, if, how stress can cause high cholesterol and X, Y, and Z. And you think about how stressed black people are on a day-to-day basis. No wonder we die earlier. No wonder. Yeah, and also someone made a good point. Like, if Black people have passed down trauma, what do white people pass down? Money. Yeah, oh, but wait. also on top of, um, um, in terms of like, racism. Yeah, like in terms of like, I don't know how to describe it. I just it just made me think. Like, yeah, like they're not, they're never, they never feel guilty. You know, like they're just, what do you pass down? Like, if we're passing down all the negative, you guys pass down negative, but in a different way. Yeah, that makes sense. Hatred, the ability to That's really what I'm saying. hate. Yeah, like the because, hatred, the other stuff. Yeah. When I sit back, and we're we're gonna move on real quick. We're doing so much extra talking this episode. <laughs> but when I sit back and look at the fact that my grandmother, for example, who grew up in the South, grew up just so close to slavery and so close to black people being treated like animals, not even close to it. That's what she lived through. She has been in situations where she was almost lynched and, and stuff like that. And then, you know being around white people for her is not like she, she doesn't hate white people. She doesn't, she has no hatred in her heart toward anyone. Our family members will bring home their white spouses and she'll just be like, Oh, they're a part of the family. But then you look at the other side of it and white people, it's like you bring home a black man or a black woman to your white parents. And it's like, you're disowned. Yeah. I'm like, how how does it happen when Black people have experienced terrible things their entire life and then you as a white person has only experienced privilege and your kid does something that you disagree with and you're like, hate, hate, hate. Yeah. It's like, bitch, you never even experienced anything bad at the hands of Black people. So it doesn't I'm make not. sense. And it's, and, it's, and it's crazy because the framing of it is that Black people are evil, we're dangerous, we're filled up hate. I have never met a more forgiving kind a of people forgiving. than Black people. When Open. have you ever heard of a Black person family bringing home a white woman and they, like, get, like, make fun of her? Like, you just don't hear that. Like, it's like... like there might be some jokes and looks, but other than that... But they're not making you feel like you're like the worst thing that ever came exactly. since cancer. Like, you know, no one's getting disowned. No yeah, one's getting no one's disowned. Getting disowned. You might no just be the butt disowned. of the joke, but like, exactly. it's not. You Y'all know. have also 
conditioned black people, some black people to think that white is preferable. So they get even excited when you bring home a white person because they think that'll upgrade the family or whatever. So the amount of evilness that has been done to people by white people, but yet are still perceived as like the holy grail of human beings is just amazing to me. It's mind blowing. Okay. Let's move on to our housekeeping because we're so off topic. Um, so guys, we've got some merch, merch. Um, if you haven't been like paying attention to our socials or anything like that, hop on over to so-called Oreos on Instagram. You can peep out some pictures. Amari has been posting like some great stuff. We've all done little photo shoots and, and little videos. Um, we've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, tote bags, um, mugs, um, this has been like such a journey and a ride for us. And we're just like so grateful to those of you who have been keeping up with us and who have been supporting us. And, and now we want to give you guys a little bit, a little something in the form of merch. So. Yeah. I think our merch is super cool. So you should totally check it out. You can find it. I mean, in our link tree, which is on our, all our social media. So just check it out. Um, We worked really hard on it too. And we Mm want to bring more, but we will not bring more unless you mini girls buy it. So uh, (laughs) please buy it. (laughs) And and if we have any white listeners or people who are non-black. I always say Negroes in terms of like just everyone listening, but um, yeah, all you people. Um, Negro allies, uh, please buy the merch. <laughs> um, yeah, we worked really hard on it. And our Patreon we just launched. Uh, super disappointed by you guys to keep it real, but uh, hopefully you just, you know, do a little $5. You know what I'm saying? You got $5. Come on now. You got the stimulus. Uh, only asking for $5 a month. Um, but if you want more things, like the so-called Oreos group chat, I don't think you guys realize how dope our group chat is so like you can get access through the patreon just imagine if you had all of us as your best friends i mean that's worth like a hundred dollars a month in my opinion but for real um check out our patreon also on all our links in our social media and speaking of social media can you guys just like follow us um that's free so if you don't want to do the other two options following us is free and it means a lot because it helps us uh, beat the racist algorithm if you comment on our stuff it helps us beat the racist algorithm so if you could just like hit that follow like give us a comment a like that is free so if you're listening to this podcast i guess you like it so just just do that and uh last but not least i launched a youtube channel um please go follow it uh you know what's shitty is that i had a youtube channel with the same name I guess eight years ago and I don't know the password to get rid of it and YouTube won't help me get rid of it. So there's two Kia Swinton channels. The one that looks current, go follow that because the other one is like me at age 12 talking about some stupid shit. So don't look at that. Do the other one. But yeah. Also, while you're, while you're, while you're following Kia's YouTube channel, the so-called Oreos also channel and we're trying to up our content and, it's going to be great. We have ideas. So follow us there. You can also, if you like listening to us, if you like our Instagram page, you might also like looking at us and we do upload these videos, um, our zoom videos to, to YouTube. So you can watch us there. Should we do this week in black history? (laughs) Yes. This week in black 
history. January 13th, 1966, Robert Weaver became the first black appointed to a presidential cabinet when President Lionel B. Johnson named him to head the newly created Department of Housing and Urban Development. And also on January 13th, but this time in 1953, Don Barksdale became the first Black person to play in an NBA All-Star game. And I want to do stuff related to like careers because that's kind of what we're talking about. But yeah, just highlight some Black people that did some dope things. And this week for Black Professionals We Love, I wanted to celebrate the life and career of Dr. Susan Moore. Unfortunately, she has become widely known because she recently died of COVID-19 and was mistreated by the staff of the suburban Indianapolis Hospital, who downplayed her complaints of pain and was discharged despite suffering serious complications from COVID-19. Um, Dr. Moore was born in Jamaica boop, boop, um, and grew up in Michigan. She studied at Kettering University in Flint, Michigan, and earned her medical degree from the University of Michigan Medical School. She was an accomplished doctor, a frontline worker, a loving mother, and at 52 years old, she had a lot of life to live um, and deserved to have an equal shot at that life. And unfortunately, a lot of racial bias in uh, medicine in the United States kills a lot of Black black people unfairly. Um, And so it is unfortunate that she had to die this way, but I wanted to celebrate her for all that she has done. Celebrate her. Um, and now, finally, we're jumping into the discussion. Guys, if, if you guys have stayed with our bullshit for this long, I love you. <laughs> um, so today we wanted to talk about something that I feel loosely ties into you know, the new year and the ideas around the new year of like starting over and starting fresh. Um, So like self-imposed deadlines and society deadlines are something that like, to me was really, really interesting. Um, Examples of that in case you guys like aren't kind of aware of what I'm talking about. It's things like, you know, getting your permit at 16, uh, getting your license at 18, um, starting to drink at 21, uh, starting to have sex, you know, around the age of, you know, 18 to 25 in that age, maybe even younger for some people. And just a little disclaimer, all of these things are slightly different for everyone, depending on where you grew up. But I think every society, every culture has their own little set ages and and set things that you're supposed to have done. Um, And another one is uh, graduating high school by 18, um, graduating from college at like 22, and then being in a set career or on a career path by the time you're 25. want to do like a shout out to one of our followers uh his name's Kalik but he goes by Leaky Crowder um and he posted all about this and this was a conversation that had been kind of bouncing around so-called Oreos but when I saw uh Kalik's tweet I was like wow this is great it was a tweet he put on Instagram but when I saw the post I was like this is perfect um and just to read what he said he said as millennials and zoomers it's harder for us to focus wow Sorry, it's harder for us because social media forces us to see these events or experiences play out for people at specific ages in real time. The timeline on certain things is always in your face. I don't know why that was such a struggle for me to read. But anyway, shout out to you, 
Kalik. Also, Good congratulations day. to you, Kalik, because you got a new job at Snapchat. Bravo. Yeah, Bravo. We Bravo. love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see a black man doing his damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that this was just such an interesting topic. And I think so many of us hold ourselves to these ridiculous deadlines. And we never question where they come from or if they should be challenged or changed. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And I think like, I guess if our listeners are the same age as us, like we're like mid twenties, I guess, um, 25, 26, 27. Uh, (laughs) so I think it's like an interesting time because I think at that time, I think I I would say about like 24, 25 is when your life starts to pivot from your friends. And I think it's like, you know, we're in high school, we're all going to go to junior year next year. Uh, we're all going to like, if you're in the middle class, you know, you're probably going to go to college and then you're all going to graduate at the same year. But then once you graduate, okay, okay, we're all like getting our entry-level jobs. We're all making dumb, stupid decisions. We don't got no money, whatever. But like now once it's hitting like 24, 25, you're like, oh, some people are starting to get married. Some people are starting to buy a house. Uh, some of us are single as fuck. Some of us are getting laid off twice. Some of us are, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, some of us are going through major breakups. Uh, it's just so different. Like you could be polar opposite from your friends who your whole life you had the same thing. And now your life looks drastically different. Um, and there's like nothing you can do about it. That's just life. Like what life has given me is not what it has given my friends. And I'm not mad at them for it, but it's just like, we can't relate to the same thing. Like we just don't have the same life. And I think that's like, that starts to hit you at like 25, you know. The ways in which your lives diverge and like how, like what I feel comfortable in some areas in my life or like, I know what I have, like someone, like I, like some people do have the marriage and the career and whatnot, but I've also noticed that some friends I have feel more confident in their relationship than they do in their career. And I've always felt more confident in my career than I do relationships or something. So it's like, I think, I think that is interesting to see um, how those things can be, can be different. And I also, as I've gotten older, I've really liked people or just like um, professionals who are older and who have come into their career later on being highlighted. Like, I like that because it seems it's like, okay, just because I don't do it when I'm 25 doesn't mean I couldn't, do, I can't do it when I'm 50 or 60. Like I love the, like Ava DuVernay. Um, I love the, um, I'm trying to think of like a different actor that like came into their career later in life. Um, but I just like stories like that where it's like, you can pivot and keep on pivoting. Um, and it can happen for you. It doesn't just because you don't accomplish it by 30. Like also we need to stop these 30 under 30 lists. Yes. I think or like 40 under 40 or 50 under 50. I think like, those are so stupid. Like you're highlighting people because they got lucky. That's really what it is. If you want to keep it real, like 100%. So it's a luck list. Like it's essentially like you got lucky. And I think like, that's also something too, that I want to see going forward is like the amount of like, we don't, um, talk about how much luck goes into success and I think people have to realize it's at least 50% and that's why on how I built this when these white mothers keep saying I think luck is 10% like no your whole life is luck that was like 80% luck like if you want to keep it real because I think people are forgetting that luck uh, is the family you've, you were raised into if your family was wealthy if your family was even middle class if your family was a two-parent household that's luck if your parents could afford to go to college that's luck if you were white 
that is lucky. That plays into success. If you just happen to find someone and get that job, that's luck. I think people are forgetting how much luck goes into these things. Um, and even people like who like are lucky to be in relationships at like, let's say 25, like, okay, so now you have two incomes to buy a house at 27. That's harder for someone who's single. So I think people need to like also remember how much luck plays into like every aspect of their life. And I hate how that is not like brought up into like any of these interviews or like narratives. It's just like, well, Mm -hmm. I just worked hard. And like, you know, I just, I just did it. Like, no, you didn't, sweetheart. Maybe you worked hard, but like, maybe that was 40%. It wasn't like, you're, you're missing that whole 60%. You had nothing to do with like, I think people need to do that too. And and I think it's so easy to be like on the other side of something and then like comment on it and like the process, like you can be like, oh, I did X, Y, and Z, but like you're like, how am I supposed to, how am I trying to frame this? Um, oh, like this isn't, I guess this doesn't have to do with like self-imposed deadlines or whatever, but like earlier I was talking to my family about purpose because we watched the movie Soul and that like got me on like some rabbit hole. But it was like, it's so easy for someone to say they have a purpose when they're on the other side of being successful. Like I've done this, so this must have been my purpose when it's like, okay, but I think it's so easy to be on the other side of it and speak to that. Um, Because if you didn't do it, I feel like you wouldn't be around and be like, this was my purpose because you weren't successful, like you weren't successful at it and then people who like when you hear these you know interviews and stuff like that and people are like oh well you know what just find your purpose and do that it's like is that really your advice (laughs) if that's not the most daunting task ever like just do it just find your purpose and do it it's like if it was that easy don't you think we would all just be doing it like i just think that's wild because you hear so many famous people say stuff like that and you're just like like I also have to worry about paying rent. I also have to worry about other things. I know you were rich and you're white and you just got to explore everything and you just found something that clicked. But like a lot of us have lives and like we have to do other things too. So it's like, of course, if I was just like on Instagram all day, I'm sure I would find my purpose. But like, yeah, there's other things too. Like, I just think that's so stupid. Like when uh, people give that like bullshit advice of like, just just do what you like. It's like, okay. Or... Oh, I think it goes along with the idea of like self-imposed timelines because I feel like a lot of these things like we the timeline is very much tied to what we view as successful like if you if you're successful in love that means you would have been like you know married or had someone by a certain age um and I think we really need to change our ideas around success and it's like you can reach something but not in the way that you thought you would and that still is you reaching that goal like that is still you doing that and so I think I just think the way Americans and just people in general reach success is like, unless you're like widely known by people, unless you're bringing in all this money, like you have done nothing with your life or X, Y, and Z, you should feel bad about it. It's like, just because, just because I didn't do something major doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't important. Yeah. Your life is not like least fat, less valuable than, um, like Oprah's because she has reached X amount of people, but that doesn't mean like, maybe you make, just as many people feel good as Oprah does. Like, for Mm -hmm. instance, like your family, your best friends, like, you know, maybe Oprah Loki is a shitty person, doesn't have friends and family. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be, you know, these famous people can reach people in certain ways, but your, your life is also just as impactful and meaningful. And I think like what you said about the, um, the, the 30 under 30 list and the young people list, I feel like that's a huge issue because I feel like that's just who we highlight, like the Kylie Jenner's or like, 
Charlie, whatever on TikTok, it's like, we'll just reward her with all these things because she's young and she was able to do this. And it's just like, that's not real life. And like, most of us aren't going to like reach that status level and that's okay. But that's like not who we highlight. Um, what are some things that you guys thought you would have now that you don't? What are some deadlines that you guys really thought you would have crossed off the list by now? Yikes. Um, I, I mean, I think for me, I remember telling my best friend that like, so we had, we lived together. Um, and this is my best friend through high school, uh, college too. So like she is, we've lived together in college and after school or whatever. So I was telling her, I think I was like 22 or 20, I think I was 22 at the time. And I was like, you know, by 25, I am going to have like my French bulldog. I'm going to be like in my apartment with my boyfriend. We're going to be serious. Like we're about to get married. I'm going to be in like a managerial job. I'm not going to be like making this like stupid money. I'm making like real money. And then I'm just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And I think it's so funny looking back now because like I think my friend, I think she's a little more like mature than like the average person our age but I, I know Loki she was like looking at me like you're crazy um and like she's more a little ris- realistic but she just let me talk and like I was talking all this mess um and now like I think because I just turned 26 I think it's just funny at this point because like I I'm very far from that um and not in a way that like I'm disappointed I think it's just funny but I think like I think it's also interesting that like at this point like in a way I'm not where I was in terms of like things but like when I think about like how much I've grown as a person it's it's way more than I could have imagined and I think even though like on paper things don't look as good I when I was like looking at this year this past year I was like you know my goal was to save um a certain amount of money in my bank account and I actually like exceeded that by like 7k and I also like paid off my student loan so it's like yes on paper there's things where I'm like did not go my way but like it's also like you know that was very impressive that I could do that too um and that's on top of like not having a job so it's you know and like a bunch of medical bills so like you know I'm I'm really proud of myself for that but um yeah and I think my expectations have come from tv unfortunately and like social media because you think you know by 20s you'll have like a great dating life and I can afford a house and stuff like that um but that's just not the reality. And I think like going into this year, I'm just going to be like, okay with that and just enjoy my life. And I, I know it will all work out because it has to, and it will. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of external factors that I don't have control over. And I'm just going to have to be okay with that because it's, it's not up to me. So I'm just like accepting that too. Yeah. Um, slightly similar to Kia I was definitely convinced by like 26 I would at least be in uh I'm 25 I'm pushing 26 I'm I'm basically 26 um that I would be in like a serious relationship or like have a committed partner be seriously considering like children um I would have at this age I was like I would have already had my book deal like I would have already published a book um I would have I at that there was one goal that I was able to actually uh, um, accomplished by 26 I actually accomplished it at 23 was like be a, an editor at a national magazine which I did but surprisingly I think that was for me also uh simultaneously like a good thing but a disappointing thing because it didn't give me 
as much fulfillment as I thought it would. And also made me feel lost because I was like, Oh, something that I thought I wanted to do from, I was a kid, like be an editor at a magazine. Like I did. And it's not, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And that's also one of the reasons why I went back to school because I felt like I had to re figure out my life because I had accomplished this thing. And then I was like, okay, I did it. Now what now next, like what next? Like I didn't really think beyond being that editor. Um, so kind of, it made me kind of, uh, try to figure things out, but for the most part, yeah, I didn't, I'm not 12 year old, 13 year old, 18 year old Amari was very optimistic to say the least about (laughs) certain things in her life. And that's just not, not it. Um, yeah, I very similar to you guys when I was young, young, I thought, by now, I, I had this dream, this fantastical daydream that I always joke, joke with my close friends and families about. Um, I worked at Wegmans for like a while, but before I actually started working at Wegmans, it's a grocery store in the north. Um, I really, my dream was to just be skinny and to have a long swishy ponytail and just to like be working at Wegmans and be like a manager at Wegmans. But then I grew up and actually started working at Wegmans and I was like, that's dumb. I could do more. Um, so as like a teenager, my dream kind of became you know, to, to start working in journalism and then be on my way to marriage by 25, 26, like be in a serious relationship right now. Um, and to like Kia have like a, a more managerial or at least mid-level role. Um, I'm turning 27 in a few weeks. Uh, and I am nowhere close to any of that. Um, and to echo what you guys said, it's, it's very funny when you look back at those things that you thought that you would have. And, and all of us, I think, really thought that we would have that relationship and career off by 25. And I think when I sit back and look at it, like people are usually working in their career for 40 plus years. I've only been in my career for three or four years. <laughs> like I look back at myself and I'm like, why was I rushing? Just because I got all of this influence and influence from not only TV and social media, but some of the other people I was around, like my parents, they got married or, or they were basically in that family life by the time they were about 30. Right. So I'm like, oh, where does bond? That's going to be me too. Um, and then you get a little older and you also look around and see so many people that you went to high school with, um, college with starting to settle down and have babies. So you're like, oh, once again, I'm getting close to 30. I should be there. Um, so yeah, I think just looking back and being like, damn, I have a lot more time than I thought I would have to figure this stuff out. And so many people talk about being 25 and having their shit together. It doesn't account for the next, I don't know, 40 years of your career doing the same exact thing. What? Yeah, I think you made a couple of good points. I think you also made the, I guess, the salient point or reference point of your parents, which I think it's always so interesting because I remember like, okay, so my parents met at 17 and I remember like, you know, these reference points being back in high school, I was like, you know, watching That's a Raven. I was like, I'm going to have a guy best friend. I'm going to have a girl best friend. I'm going to have a boyfriend in high school. Oof, that did not happen in high school. Um, And then, you know, 
when I turned 17, my parents was like, oh, this is such an interesting year because this is like when when um, when we met. And I was like, at 17, I just had my first kiss. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, um, I guess I was a late bloomer and that too, you know? Um, so I was just like, well, that's way off. Like, you know, and then at 25, my parents got married. Uh, was single at 25. <laughs> Um, and you know, and then they had kids at 30, which I'm sure I will not have kids at 30. So it's just interesting to see your parents, um, as a reference point versus like reality. And I also think like when it comes to like, I try not to compare myself to, to people in general, it's harder than it obviously. Uh, but when I see people on like Instagram getting married from my high school or college, even, um, that's cool. You know, if that's for you and that's what has lined up for you. But I also think like, um, as shitty as like the experiences can be, I think that shapes you to who you are. And I think like, if I were to stay at my college sweetheart, I don't think I would have grown. Uh, I think if I would have stayed at both my jobs and not get laid off, I don't think I would have grown as much as I have either. I think that's a situation that a lot of people haven't had to handle nor can handle. And I think that makes me uh, I think that makes my story better in the long run. And I think it knows like when I get the success, it's like, oh, I actually went through some shit. Like it wasn't just, you know, I just moved up the ladder and it just worked out for me. And, you know, it was like, I had actually like, you know, reset in a way I had to like come back to my roots. I had to like actually be in it to like get to success. And I think that tastes like, I would like to think that tastes a little better than, you know, things being handed to me or things just working out the way they did. Um, but I, I am like thankful, even though I'm not, I wouldn't want to go through these things again, but I am thankful because like, it makes me, it makes people relate to me more too, you know, like, I don't want to be the person that everyone's just like, oh, she just got everything handed to her. Like her life just works out. Like, no, I've been through some stuff like, and I can relate to people. Like, I, I know what it's like to like be blindsided and like lose the love of your life and all these things like I know what it's like so I think my story will be like interesting in a way so like I am trying to think of it at that way too that's a really good point to make um do you guys think that societal deadlines can ever be a a good thing um I think they I think they can sort of be a good thing or if it's like okay you're 42 and you're still being a fuck boy okay, maybe we should get it together a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Or like you're 38 and you just haven't even remotely tried to move out of your parents' house. Like maybe we can, we can just push that up a little bit. So I think sometimes like not as like a, I'm a failure if I haven't had this, but like, I think, I guess in terms of like maturity and experience, like sometimes yes, but I guess that's, I guess that varies, you know? Amari, you can go. Sorry, no, I was just going to say, uh, to go off of that, I think I think societal timelines can be good when they give people that extra, like, push or, like, that, like, ambition. Like, I don't know if I would be as ambitious, ambitious as I am, one, if I didn't have, like, those kind of, like, ideas of where I wanted to be at certain points. Um, also, like, if I wasn't also, like, obsessed with, like, you know, proving people I'm like, I'm not a failure. Cause I feel like, you know, how people think about black people, it's like, you all are going to amount to nothing. And my goal in life has always been like, I will be on that top looking down at you for all that shit you said to me. In high school. Um, <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like I had a Duke moment from Bridgerton where I'm like, I am 
I'm motivated by the revenge of my my high school oppressors or whatever. Granted, his oppressor was his, was his father, but um, yeah, I think. But those are those are you know. I think the deadlines have made me ambitious or like made me push for more things. Um, but I also do think it has put a toxic amount of pressure on me as well. And I think that's where a lot of my stress comes from too. That and people. But Yeah. Like you guys said, I think they serve really as a roadmap, but I think that we really beat ourselves up when we don't meet these deadlines. Like one, one deadline in particular that I really beat myself up on was getting my license uh, because, and my permit for that matter, <laughs> because I, did not realize people were driving. It was not a thought in my mind. It was not something that I really like thought about doing. I mean, my brother and sister did it, but they're five and four years older than me. So when they were doing it, it was like, oh, I don't need to worry about that. I'm a child. And then next thing I knew I was 16 and everyone was talking about taking their permit. And I'm like, I've never even sat behind the wheel before, nor have I wanted to. Um, So then suddenly everyone got their permit. I just kind of quietly act like, uh-huh, yeah, driver Sessa. Like I, I was just like not talking about it with my friends, and then eighteen came and everyone was driving, and everyone was driving to school. No one was taking the bus anymore, and I just felt like ashamed of myself that I had completely let this go by, and then my shame kind of stopped me from acting on it. Um, and I didn't actually start driving. I think I didn't get my license until I was nineteen or twenty, um, and I just felt so ashamed about it so stuck and paralyzed and this feeling of i'm behind my peers in this way so i am less than um that's interesting do you feel like going looking back at that now like do you think that matters at all no okay that was my point though because i feel like when we at the moment it feels like like you said it feels like shattering like i'm behind my peers but like okay now you're okay six whatever years behind that i hate driving Exactly. And now you're looking at like, why the fuck did I stress myself out over that dumb shit? Like, why was I so pressed? Why was I so panini pressed when I literally had my entire (laughs) life? And I know that that a part of it was the shame of being behind my peers. And another part of it was like I was going to community college and OCC and everyone looks down in my hometown on people that go to OCC. And like, not only am I going to OCC, but my dad has to drive me to and from my classes because I don't have my permanent license yet so I really just felt so ashamed of myself because of this point that I was in in my life where I felt like I was behind but then I look back and I'm like bitch I was shiny as hell in OCC all the other kids were like I don't know what I'm doing and I was like I know what I want to do I know where I'm going I have straight A's all my teachers like me so what I don't drive so what I was just gonna say also I think I was amazed the older I got and I realized how many full grown ass adults do not drive. And I was full grown ass adults move to New York City. No one has their license. (laughs) I was I was upset because I told my mom that my parents forced me to get my driver's license. I was like, I don't Mm. need to drive. I'm gonna live in New York and then I'm gonna be rich and have a driver. I don't need to do it. And my parents like, bitch, go get your license. Um but but like I you know, I was driving before, like a lot of my sister's friends were driving. Granted, they were from New York City, and you don't necessarily need that, but it's not like it, depending on where you live, it's not necessary. And your ass ended up in New York, anyways. 
I ended up in New York. Amari, you were driving before me. And I remember me and Amari used to do this teen radio show oh called God. Teen Talk. And I remember one time Amari pulled up driving in her car and my mom was dropping me off. And I was like, <laughs> I was so low-key ashamed. I was so ashamed. It's so dumb. Which is funny because I thought it was normal. I didn't even like, it didn't even register to me that like your mom was driving you. Bitch, I didn't want you to see me. I didn't want nobody to see me. I was like, oh, they got to see me. I feel like this is such a good thing because even when we were, were talking about this, it's like, you know, okay, so like if we look back in our lives like three years from now and hear this episode, like I think it'll be funny when we're like, why did we give a shit about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it'll be funny because like even at 22, like I was stressing about Vice Media and now I'm two years removed from that. And I'm like, why did I let that job stress me out? Like none of that shit mattered. And I, I'll be excited. Like when I look back and be like at 25, 26, like Kia, none of that mattered. Like you were just stressing yourself out. And I'm going to try to keep that in mind going forward. Like, you know, it, it will work out. Like, um, I, I also saw a tweet. I think it's kind of like, um, Khalif's tweet, but it was just like, I'm over the story of like moving to like, a, a big city with forty dollars and just grinding for sixty <laughs> hours and it'll just randomly work out. And I'm it's like, not that's cute. such a good point. It's, it's not, it's like, not cute. It's not cute. It's basically you're just like doing stuff for sixty hours and one day it'll just click. Like you just have to wait for that like moment. And it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna stress myself out for like sixty hours for what? Like Might. unless it's for so called Oreos. But <laughs> if it's not, if it's for like another white person, why would I do that? My dumbass literally moved to New York and I was like, mom, dad, I've never struggled in my life. Like, I need to know like what it is to grind it out. Like, I need to go. I go to New York. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, this is not fun. This is stressful. Like, I can't do this. And, and it was just like, I don't know why. I think I watched too much like Sex in the City or like Girls. And I was just like, you know, I need to be like a struggling writer and, and X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, this is not good for my health but also I wonder if these timelines are more for us or if they're more for other people because it's like I feel like we always think people checking for us in ways that they're not checking people for us ain't paying attention to us <laughs> we always be like it's it's like that tiktok that that cracks me up every time I see it but it's like this girl and she's like showing up at my high school hometown after studying abroad and she's like oh and like someone asked her like are you did you do I go to high school with you and she's like yes it's it's just like that like no one gives a shit about you and you're operating like everybody's checking for you everybody's watching what you're doing you have to be abc tied up nobody gives a shit because everyone is stuck in their own world thinking that dumb shit it's like we're it's our own ego it's our own ego all of it i i feel like even when i was like younger um so i used to work at mcdonald's don't judge me oh wow uh, <laughs> you didn't know that no i had no clue no judgment so, i just didn't so know I, yeah so i used to work at mcdonald's like as a um like the summer job like through college because i live in the middle of nowhere there aren't any jobs here and i wanted money and i wasn't just gonna like sit at home and do nothing and janae like you said i think it's interesting how you feel about driving because i felt like the opposite like i never wanted to drive so my dad would drop me off at mcdonald's and i would just be like okay i have like you know this little job i'm still in college like i'm not gonna be at mcdonald's forever so i didn't let it bother me i'm just like whatever um and i think it was just so interesting because i would have friends who would like 
bitch about not having money or a job so I would just be like okay well you can work at McDonald's like it's not like gonna be hard it's not fun but like it's a job and you're like complaining about money so and they would just be like oh I can't do that and like they would just like look down and I'm like you know I work there um I just thought it was I didn't let it get to me but I just think it's so funny because like they would just think they were like so above it but I'm like you're broke I'm not so I who's winning like you have a car note that you can't afford because you don't have money I don't have a car I'm not wasting money at a car and I have money so like I don't know it seems like I might be doing a little better so I just think it's interesting how like people have these things where they're, they're like so above like I just can't do that now like I can't go back to school now it's like okay well so you're unhappy and now look at you like and I think it things like relationship too it's like the people that think they're like better than you because they're in a relationship it's like you don't even like your boyfriend but like I guess <laughs> if you want to like show off in that way like so I think it's things like that too where it's sometimes our ego gets in the way of things too and like we think we're above things when we're like sometimes life kind of shows us like we're not like I never thought I'd be back at my parents house like not in a million years, but like, you know, that's the best situation for right now. And I know it's temporary, but like, I know going forward, I'll never look down at anyone who lives at their parents' house. Yeah. Um, um, on, on the relationship tip, I think that is one that I have been working at calming down with this whole idea that like, oh, I'm about to be 27 and like, I've had a serious relationship but like that shit was murky like I've never had like the will you be my girlfriend and I think that that's something that constantly kind of messes with me but when I step back and think about when I was in a relationship that shit was annoying it was annoying because I had to constantly worry about what someone else wanted I couldn't just be like well I want Chinese food tonight because I had a whole ass nigga looking at me like, well, maybe I don't want Chinese food tonight. And shouldn't we eat together? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can't deal with that. Shit. I think I think when I take a step back and I, I look at how I've been so pressed to be in a relationship, then I was in a relationship where me and this dude, we like live together. Um, and it was annoying. There were so many parts that were so annoying. And I think now I'm like, I really like being alone. I like having my own things and doing my own things and and just being able to like not have to entertain someone when I don't want to entertain someone. And I will say, mind you, that relationship came with a lot of other shit that probably has to do with this feeling that wasn't the healthiest. But still, I think it's it's. I think it's a good thing to acknowledge that relationships take work because you're not dealing with your emotions, your wants, your needs, you're dealing with someone else's. And I think we spend so much time being so pressed about getting into a relationship that we don't acknowledge the time that we have to spend with ourselves and to love ourselves and to only worry about ourselves. That's the ending credits to the movie, How to Be Single. Have you seen I love movie? that movie. No. That's literally the, how that movie ends. That's the monologue she ends with. At oh that my movie. god! You have to watch it, Janae. You <laughs> yeah, probably will like it. it. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be corny," but I actually really liked it. Oh, it was still corny. It, it I still watch it though. Still, it wasn't as corny as I thought. I was like, I, "I actually do like this." Um, and I think also what you mentioned, Janae, is a good point too because I think a lot of people who are like 26, 27 is like, "Oh, I've never been in a relationship," and they think it's weird. But it's actually more common than you think because I think about a lot of my friends and a lot of them haven't. And I don't think it's weird at all. Um, I think, again, it goes back to like you think it's weird, but like it's actually 
pretty common. And when I think about the friends that I have who have been in a lot of relationships, they're all pretty fucked up people. I'm I'm just going to be straight. Like a lot a lot of the people I know who have constantly been in relationships or who have been in a lot of relationships, they are at our age are insecure and sad people who have a really hard time being in a space by themselves or not emotionally relying on someone else. They're not very emotionally independent. That's true. And that's something that, to be honest, I'm really grateful that I'm not, because I think when you do see people that they're like 26, 27 plus, and like, you can tell that they just can't be alone. Like they have to be dating someone. They have to be talking to someone. They have to get attention. And that's like scary to look at. Cause you're like, you really need help. Like you actually need therapy and you need, um, you need to get help at that point. And I think a lot of people are in that and they don't see it. Um, and they just keep chasing and chasing and chasing and they're just never fulfilled. And that's hard to break out of. Like that is something to be, uh, I know it's the boring life, but it is something to be thankful for because you don't want to be that person that like can't go on vacation because she has to have someone, her, her man has to be there. She can't drive because the man has to be there. Like there are people like that. And I think it's like scary to look at. So we know New Year's was like down the street and around the corner, like last week, whatever. <laughs> um, or when this is recording, like two weeks. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, like just on a light, a diet New Year's resolution kick, where do we see ourselves in the next year? And I only said like the next year because I just, I'll just go. I have been having a really, really hard time doing like far out like planning really really far out in 2020 um and when I say far out I mean like it's hard for me to plan like a week in advance so what I've been doing is just patting myself on the back for setting daily kind of motivations and and daily like I'm gonna try to work out today or I'm going to I don't know cook dinner tonight stuff like that um, which don't necessarily seem like goals, but to me they are, and they make me feel happy and fulfilled. Um, but like we said earlier in the episode, a year out from now, I just want to be happy. I just want to be comfy. Um, I put on the Instagram post, I just want to like have my own apartment by the end of 2021, a raise and a promotion. That's about it, honestly. I mean, to be honest, I've had, in comparison to a lot of people, I've had a really good 2020, um, you know, I got, I think the opposite happened to me was I I got more opportunities. My family is all healthy and well, um, knock on wood. Um, And I think I had very low expectations for 2020, honestly, going in. And I think that put me in a good position because I kind of exceeded it. Cause I just didn't have that. I didn't have any solid, like concrete things that I thought needed to be uh, fulfilled in that year. And I think I'm just going to keep that mentality moving forward. I think since I've become an adult, it's been really hard for me to um, think too far ahead in the future. It's like a weird thing where like, I just can't, I can't really visualize anything. So I don't do it. Um, I just want to concentrate like, day by day and take it as it comes. I mean, like loosely, I would hope to find myself because I'm graduating from grad school, like to have a job I'm passionate about um, 
just keep saving money to one day be able to afford a house um, and like maybe find myself in a committed relationship, but I'm also okay. Well, I want the job. Like I won't be okay if that doesn't happen. Um, But I think I'll be okay if everything else doesn't happen. Like it's like, I'm good either way. Expectations are low, but in a good way. Yeah, I think, like I said before, like I'm going to go in with less um, less expectations or less like deadlines for myself. Um, ideally, I would like it to be a good year, to be honest. But but to be honest, um, I've been saying that since 2016. And I, I will say since 2016, I don't think the year has gone my way. So I think now I'm looking at it like, OK, well, maybe there's an issue that I've been like upset for the last four years. Um and maybe that has to do with my expectations, but I wouldn't look back at like 2017 to 2020 and think any of those were good years. Um, and that might be, those are the years that I, after I graduated college. So maybe my uh, realistic expectations after school just weren't there. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of things there, but um, I think with this year, you know, I'll be happy if a lot of good things come. I think my main goal is to have live a comfortable life whether that's on my side hustles that become my main hustles or if that's at a job that I don't have to like to be honest worried about getting laid off every two fu- two fucking months like for real for real because like I that's emotionally draining I don't want to keep going through that um that's all I know so if there's a job where it's like hey bitch you don't have to freak out every month uh and we'll actually pay your worth and you can live comfortably in your one better apartment I'll be happy and I'll take the rest, but like, that's where I am. Like, that's what I want. That's, that's what I'm striving for. So hopefully I get that and everything else is just like an addition, but like, hopefully I'll get that. And then also things with just like being more present and mindfulness, which is a constant journey, but I'm trying to do it more. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of where I am. So it's going to be an interesting year because I'm like, I don't know how much lower expectations I can get, but damn, we'll see. <laughs> Um, do we want to jump into our social responses? Yes. Yeah. So on Instagram, we asked you, is there something you thought you would have done or had by your age that you currently don't? And y'all had lots to say. Um, and also, hopefully it makes you feel better to listen to this episode and, and know that we're all in the same boat. Um, one person said, my apartment without roommates, we know. Janae been trying to live by herself for I've been a while trying to now. Live by myself um, for years, y'all. Years, years. <laughs> and no shade to any roommates I've had who might listen to this. I love you all, but I want to walk around naked. It's so freeing. I think I'm at a point where, like, I it physically pains me the thought of living with other people. Like to the point where it's just I'd rather live at home. That's painful, to be honest. <laughs> That's where I am, though. That's where I am. Um, Someone else said marriage and kids, but I never had a plan as a kid. I guess I got, I guess all I envisioned was a career, which I have. Um, Someone else said the experience of loving, of a loving, healthy, romantic relationship. Yup. This person is at 33, thought they'd have a house now, but are still renting an apartment. Um, Someone said working full time as an engineer. Another person said, I thought I'd be married, living in a beautiful home and traveling whenever. That is the dream. Um, yeah. I. Another person said, I thought by the time I started graduate school, I would have at least 
been dating, but 2020 happened. It is interesting to see how all, not all of them, but a big percentage of them, their goals or what they thought they would have were romantic relationships or a living space that they like. I think because that's what we think when we're like younger, you know, we think, oh, by 30, I'll just, you know, be dating. Again, that comes from the reference point of the people you went to high school with, your parents, TV, social media. So I think it's easy to have that reference point. And also, I just want to mention that um, the Science of Wellbeing course is such a great course. It's free. It's a 10-week course, but like it, it only takes like an hour each week. And then you just like do stuff like so like you do different self-assessments to see like, oh, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to be grateful for like seven days or whatever. And it's hard to keep up. Like I took it in summer and I'm still struggling with these like reference points and stuff like that. But I will say like it makes you feel like human and you kind of get um, more of the human like psychology of like why you have reference points and why you do why you think like a relationship will make you happy and why it won't so I just think if you're listening to that episode you might also like that um course and it's really great so just putting that out there Um, now on to the shits. I feel like we haven't had the shits in a really, really long time. Um, maybe that's just me, but I don't know. Okay. So one of our follows asked, how can black women experience black love for the first time when living in white spaces? Honey, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to put it where the goats can get it. I mean, As Oreos, people who have grown up in white spaces and who have spent the majority in our lives in white spaces, finding Black love is really, really, really hard, especially when, I don't know, you might be around Black people who aren't even dating other Black people. Um, And, you know, as I get a little older and talk to more people, I am realizing that that's not those people's fault it's the environment that they live in and and systemic racism and all that great stuff um but the only advice i can give you is to keep hope and to put yourself out there um in any way you feel comfortable doing and that means you know going up to people whether you plan on dating them or not and just trying to become friends with them first you know you could become friends with a group and I'm not sure if this is a black woman or a black man writing this, but you could become friends with a black woman as hmm, you could become friends with a group of black women as a black woman and make friends with their friends and then end up finding your match there. Um, So I would just suggest to stay open, be friendly and don't give up. Yeah, I think I wish we had a better answer for you, but I also feel like, again, this comes down to luck. Um, I think you could get lucky in that situation. I also think you could get unlucky in that situation too. I think dating is hard in general. And unfortunately, again, because people don't like stats, we could do the stats. Um, it's just harder for black. If you are a black woman, it's just harder. Um, it, it's harder for multiple reasons. Um, you know, your counterpart is not, it's just not the same percentage of black women in this country and also the, the same educated. So like, I don't know if, if you're looking for someone who's just as educated as you and you know, that, that might be challenging again, because systematic racism, that's just what it is. Uh, but I don't think it's impossible. 
I, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's going to be a little harder, unfortunately, but you know, you're black, so you already know what it is. Um, but I think it's possible, but I would also, I feel bad saying this, but I, I do, I don't like when people like black people pigeonhole themselves, black women pigeonhole themselves, because I'm like, if you want to experience love, I want you to. And I'm not saying you shouldn't not strive for the black guy, but I'm just, you know, if you, I just want you to be happy and I, I want you to expand your options too. Um, if, if, if you're okay with it, I'm not saying lower your standards or not reach it, but I, I also want you to be happy because I always want black, black women to be happy. And I would hate if you're in this like environment where there's no black men or the black men date white women and you're just like alone forever. Like, I would hate that too. I'm trying not to be like problematic, but that's just how I, I feel. Think, I think there's just like, you have to accept that. Like if you're in a predominantly white space, you're going to have to practice a lot of patience and know that finding it might take more time for you. Um, I think, I think the goal for a lot of black women is actually to be in a black relationship, whether that happens or not is a different thing, but I think it's okay to want that and strive for that and also be okay. If you find love somewhere else with someone who treats you well, then that's okay too. But I also, I think for me, at least with dating this year, um, cause I didn't really take it seriously in 2020 cause like it was a shit show in COVID, but I'm trying to approach it in a, in a fun way. And I think also talking to Janae and Kia, it's kind of helped me with that, but also like taking advantage of the situation we're in where it's like, we, you can still go on dates. You can still date people virtually. It's different. It, it might look different, but I think it also gives room to suss out who is serious about you. And if you want to find serious love and taking away that physical aspect of it really does force you just to get to know people genuinely. Um, and carry out a conversation before you carry on a different conversation with your body. But um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I think you just, it's just gonna, you're just gonna have to be a little bit more patient. And then also if it comes to that time, be okay with opening up the pool a bit. Um, yeah. yeah Amari yeah. put it a lot better than I did. <laughs> um, and I will say one more point on the comparing and, and societal goals tracked to, to just bring it all together, don't compare yourself to other people and don't look at the white people that you might be around and say, well, they were in a long-term relationship by the time they were 25. They were married by the time they were 30. Don't do that. Though This world is set up for white people to succeed. And that doesn't just mean financially and career-wise. It means romantically as well. I mean, you have 60, how, how much of the population is white? 80, 60, something like whatever, that. 60 to 80. That's a huge amount of pool versus the 13%. Mm-hmm. And then if you're straight, 6% of men in the whole damn country. Yep. So like it's stats yep. against and, this. And not only that, I mean, we are physically wired to think that white people are more attractive. Like we have been brainwashed. So you have to shove off that entire layer too you know um it's yeah it's still possible it's still but possible. I, you do need to give yourself um just a little bit of yes. grace grace patience don't look at what other people are doing do what makes you happy and comfortable and stay open and all those things are not easy <laughs> they're not easy and things rihanna to do and rihanna is single too rihanna's single every, every time <laughs> no I get, she's not rihanna was asap rocky no, they're vacationing no, they're vacationing right now remember remember lie. we like we talked about this in the group chat 
No, I'm saying I'm saying just for New Year's Eve, they're currently vacationing together. She might be bored. My main point <laughs> is that Rihanna, Rihanna, most of the time Rihanna is single. And that just says a lot, okay? But the, but the best thing about Rihanna is because she, Rihanna acknowledges, I think Rihanna, the, the, my favorite quote is Cher, where she's like, I don't need a rich man. I am a rich man. And essentially saying, I don't need to be in a relationship. Like I can freely do what I want and I don't need to be fulfilled by a man. And I feel like Rihanna is very much on that level is like, I can have him if I want him, but right now I don't really feel like it, like having one. So I'm not going to have one. But I love Rihanna. And I do feel like when, whenever, you know, yes, a lot of that is her factor, but it's like, I think Rihanna, kind of like you said, she's single because I also think she doesn't think people are on her level, which is fair. And I love that. Like, that's why she was dating a prince for like God's sake, because she felt like that was, you know, who deserved her time. And I love that because I'm like, yeah, Rihanna is like the, to me, the baddest bitch. And, you know, if she's single, I could be single too. Damn. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, I feel. I completely agree. Um, are all hearts and minds cleared? We ready to get out this bitch? Yes. All right. Good. I think that's a great episode, guys. Yeah, I, I like this episode. This episode was really fun. It was fun. It was also the first time we recorded. Yeah, in a minute. yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. Um, and don't forget to be kind to yourselves and stop with the self-imposed deadlines. Stop it. Um, follow us on all social media at so-called oreos and you can email us at so-called oreos at gmail.com as usual you can listen to us on soundcloud itunes spotify stitcher pandora and google play um, and subscribe and rate and leave a review take the survey buy our merch get on our patreon do it all. Be in the Oreo gang. Be in the gang. Gang, gang. Awesome. <laughs> but all right, y'all. We're peacing out. Bye. 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 Bye.